Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for September 11th, 2022, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. That's where we're yeah, at. Yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, Bruce, uh, clearly coffee hasn't kicked in for me. How are you? <laughs> I'm caffeinated. Thank okay, you. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. One of us is. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, so we're at this Sunday is the last Sunday before we start offering nine o'clock educational hour. Is that correct? Right, right. So, right. okay. So this coming Sunday, same as it has been all summer, the following Sunday, get, if you're going to come in person, maybe come a little early, come Lots bring some fun stuff happening, bring the kiddos, ages. bring the kiddos. Uh, there's, there's uh classes for everybody. Yep. Uh, so that will will be that. Anything else uh, that we want to promote for the church that's coming up? We we do have another movie with social uh, yep. social conscious, but that's near the end of the month. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, we basically the next big thing is the resumption of Christian formation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All eyes on that uh, for sure. Well, let's um. Let's move to our uh, This Day in Church History. Uh, so uh, This Day in Church History, the first the first entry that I get is uh, 1570, uh, the death of Johann Bruns, a Lutheran reformer in Swabia, which I'm actually not sure where that is. It sounds like a, the land that all the low-level pirates come from. <laughs> All the Swabies come from Swabia. <laughs> I don't know. Um, who had helped prepare ordinances that determined Lutheran doctrine and procedure. So uh, a, a prominent person in Lutheran church history uh, there. 1649. Let me know if you heard this guy's name before. Oliver Cromwell. Yeah. Oh, boy. Him. Him and his troops uh, breached the walls of Drogheda, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing because it's a fortified city in Ireland. So I'm sure oh. it's... <laughs> one of those letters yeah. is silent, and then there's another one that you pronounce. It's a completely it's different yep. noise. <laughs> so uh, his troops breached the walls, and the event is notable because Catholic priests and friars, some of whom had encouraged resistance during the siege, uh, are treated as combatants and killed on sight, along with many <laughs> civilians. Oliver Cromwell, everybody. <sighs> um, should not have surprised anybody who knows anything about Oliver Cromwell. Yeah. Um, 1672, the ordination of Solomon Stoddard, uh, who will introduce the halfway covenant, allowing individuals who are uncertain of their state of grace to partake of the Lord's Supper. So uh, one of those rare, uh, you know, nice things, mid, you know, yeah, the mid-century is kind of, uh, you know, reasonable, like, oh, we don't have to be so strict on some yeah, of this I stuff. I wonder what tradition he was in. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. It just uh, the authority from the date comes from uh, a biography, uh, or no, sorry, a, a book called Kaufman. Uh, uh, that so I'm not sure what that okay. book is about. Actually, uh, seems like it might be somebody else. Um, 1818 missionary John Williams, not the uh, um, movie <laughs> composer. score composer, uh, and his wife uh, go to the island of Ritea where they commence their commission, uh, mission work among the scattered Pacific Islands, uh, which we don't get too many entries from the Pacific. Uh, we're very European-focused on well, a lot of our entries. With, once you get to a certain reason. era, the Europeans are falling over each other to get yeah, to very the true. Polynesian Islands. And along those lines, uh, uh, the next entry is from 1841, The Chronicle, which is an Australian newspaper, prints the story of Mary Teague, uh, an Irish immigrant who had been charged with drunkenness and made to sit in the stocks an hour because she was staggering from hunger. She collapsed in a ditch afterward, and the story will force the reluctant colonial governor to provide Catholic philan uh, philan philanthropist, man, I can't even say it, uh, Carolyn Chisholm, uh, with space to house immigrant immigrant girls, so oh good, uh, that's so another good another thing. yeah another good thing. Happy ending, I guess, is really yeah. It's not a good story. No, it's not it's the greatest story, but a, a good end result, which is uh, applaudable. Uh, 1893. I don't know if I've heard of this before, but the World Parliament of Religions opens in Chicago, uh, opposed by me many evangelicals. On can you guess? The grounds uh, that it treats Christianity as one religion among equals. <laughs> um, so, yeah. As one would expect from the World Parliament of Religions. Yeah, and the, uh, the Episcopal Church was 
did participate happily in that. Mm. Okay, good because I yeah, that was something that was a, a a body that I was not familiar with. Well, it didn't last. Well, it it had transmogrified three or four times, even by the time you were born. Oh, okay. So different names. Gotcha. Uh, 1918, 18-year-old Wang Ming Dao leaves home to begin work at a Presbyterian school who will become a notable independent church leader in China and, because of that, uh, will go to prison for most of his life. Yes. <laughs> Saw that coming. Saw that coming. Um, 1940, we see the death of Melvin Ernest Trotter. At one time, a hopeless drunk, a lot of drunks, uh, <laughs> who could not keep a promise or hold a job. This is a literal quote from, from, from here. Uh, he was walking toward I Lake. I think that was your editorial comment. No, it was not. <laughs> it's in there. Um, uh, he was walking toward Lake Michigan to drown himself when he heard the gospel preached at the Pacific Garden Mission and found Christ sufficient to keep him from ever drinking again. He had gone on to found 67 rescue missions to help others as addicted as himself. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, finally, uh, in 2001, uh, as would come to uh, many mem a memory who listened to this podcast, was 9-11. Uh, 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 from the religious point of view, uh, the, it is notable uh, because uh, in addition to the great human tragedy that occurred, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, a Greek Orthodox church uh, next to the Twin Towers, was destroyed as the, the, as the towers fell. And I believe, I could be wrong on this, I believe it was just like within the last few weeks reopened. Mm. Yeah, I know for a fact that it was being rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, I don't, so that would, that that might be the case that it's it's finally uh, reopened uh, for, for anyone to come by. Yeah. Um, and so. it, one of the, the, um, the following spring... Uh, I got to go to um, upstate New York for a conference that included a trip to Manhattan to mm. visit St. Paul's Episcopal Church, right. which was in the um, uh, debris zone. Right, the near vicinity. Yeah. yeah, and became, not by any planning, just by what the Episcopal Church does, um, a chapel for... Uh, first responders mm. and it was very and we were the first group who were not first responders allowed in we were a very small group and all episcopal clergy and it was really moving to mm. to be there and see how saint paul's had in a sense turned on a dime to show christ in a tragic moment yeah yeah so yeah that's uh and those are our events uh on this day in church history september 11th um, so let's uh, let's move to our first reading yes. of the day, uh, and this week uh, Exodus, right? Right. Uh, so Exodus thirty-two, verse seven through fourteen. The Lord said to Moses, "Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf." And worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this, how stiff-necked they are. <laughs> now, that, now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them. And of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Um, this is one of those occasions in the Old Testament where uh, a, a human being implore, implores his creator his or her creator to change their mind. 
Yeah. And, and it does. There, there's actually more stories like this than you think. Definitely. Um, it happens. It happens a lot. I was going to make the joke that uh, uh, since, especially since Exodus is, is uh, you know, the stories of Moses, uh, this conversation just between Moses and the Lord, it'd be an ample opportunity for him to be like, your creator wanted to kill you. I. Yeah. <laughs> I stepped in and intervened. I was like, no, 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 please don't. I kind of like some of these guys, um, uh, regardless of whether it happened or not. But um, to be honest, it, it's a, a fairly good reasoned argument by Moses. Yes. I mean, uh, and and the guts that it would have taken to try to contradict, like, like don't do that to your God is large. Like, that's a high, <laughs> that's a, that, that's a dangerous thing to find yourself doing. I would think yeah. like, uh, like I would be terrified. Um, I would imagine that if this were me, even if I were to get the words out, it, there would be lots of stammers in the writing. <laughs> yeah. And a whole lot of, but maybe not. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, great God, you know, whose wisdom is, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. You don't, I mean, unless you really want to. So, <laughs> but this is a, this is a good argument of like, hey, God, remember, you made this promise and it will be very hard to keep it if you kill all these people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're saying, you, you know, God's idea here is like no i'll just continue it through you so like yeah his promise would still be kept just. but it would be a bit of a black mark on a on, <laughs> on it uh um moses would be kind of lonely for a while. yeah lonely for quite a while <laughs> um but more i think more compelling is the argument of like god think of the stories that and your uh, my ancestors will write of yeah. like you know how does what is what a, it's, it's almost like a political argument. Think about how this looks. Yeah. yeah. Think about how this looks there, on you, God. It's going to make the other gods of Egypt look better than you. There's no way to spin this God. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. And also background, so to speak, is the story of Noah and mm. the flood, which we think is all allegory, not right. historical. Right, right, right. That story in part ends with God promising never to wipe out people again. Right. Yeah. Ooh, which would would be another um, yeah. covenant broke arrow in the quiver for for mm -hmm. the argument of like, yeah, you actually would break your covenant. Yeah. Um. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, if the 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 beginning part of this reading is to be believed, these people are. I mean, they're messing up. Can, big can, time. You, can you be dumber? <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, I want you to think about, you know, everything that the that, that these liberated individuals have experienced in this story. They have experienced plagues. They have experienced the final relinquishment by the Egyptian government and Pharaoh. Yeah, their liberation. They have experienced the parting of the Red Sea, the drowning of the Egyptian army, the 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 um, guiding uh, of uh, you know pillars of of fire, fire and, smoke. And, and smoke. Uh, they have uh, been it, like water from a rock has already occurred. Mm -hmm. uh, the 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 Man. manna and quail has mm -hmm. has occurred. And if they're saying these are your gods, <laughs> O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, I'm sorry, have you? Have, are you blind, deaf, and dumb? Like all the senses in this story so far tell you that this statement is way wrong. Where do you know? I can't even make the logical leap for them to be like, we should do this. Well, like I, I couldn't see where a person would be like, let's make a golden calf to the Egyptian god. That'd be great. I I am going to quote your wife Bethany. Mm. People are the worst. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the worst. We are the worst. Yeah. We are the worst. Because you're completely right in all that you're saying. And I cannot honestly say people today wouldn't do the same exact thing. 
Yeah. All right. Well, the, even gonna, even if we had the whole Bible, yeah, we still come, you know, over and over again yeah. make our false idols. Yeah. So one one could totally understand God's reaction. Yeah. Of like, wait, I'm sorry. What? What is? <laughs> what did they? What did? What did those people just do? What did those people say? Just say. <laughs> come on, man. But <laughs> what more do I have to do? Yeah, I'd be in a smiting mood too. I'd, yeah. I'd be in a very smiting mood. Yeah, and so part of the well, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the reset button? <laughs> right. And yeah, and so mo what's what's I this is one of my favorite passages because of this argument with God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the part we don't get is right after. Of Moses coming down the mountain, and you know he God's told him all this stuff, and he absolutely Moses absolutely flips his lid. Well, yeah, it's like it's worse than I thought. <laughs> well, I I so in that because because that is the part of the story. One of my you know long standing favorite parts of the story is when he melts down the golden calf and he makes them drink it, puts them in their drink in drinking water. I would that actually is a reasonable reaction uh, to me, just because like. I would be coming down, like if it were me, I would be coming down from a very nervous moment with God. And then the, on the way down, I would, I would, I can imagine I, very easily, I would get slowly worked up of like, how dare you put me in this position yeah. where I have to protect you? Like how, like of all the things that I have experienced, if I'm Moses, all the things that I have gone through of, of, of being called to do something like... I have I had no designs for this. Yeah. This was not my idea. I have given up everything to follow the instructions God has given me. And you're pulling this thing out of way left field, <laughs> which is not only in not only just flat wrong, it's offensive and insulting. Um is the dumbest mistake that you can make. Um, so, I mean, I can imagine, I can imagine like a, as a parent, a, a, a situation where on one hand yeah. I defend my child and then the second I get yeah. home, like, how <laughs> dare you put me in the position where I have to talk to the principal about that? Right. How can you be so dumb? What's the matter with you? Uh, and, and can we also talk though for a second about how this, this makes like the, the, the Israelites are. In, in then invincible here like <laughs> no <laughs> because like they're now in this position where like oh yeah uh that argument's gonna kind of hold true for a while no matter how <laughs> dumb we are you're gonna have to kind of <laughs> or otherwise <laughs> i mean it, not really but it does i mean they they you could develop the level of an you know feeling invulnerable here of like yeah how about that that wasn't so bad <laughs> Gold in the drinking water. That, I mean, there are worse punishments. <laughs> it will be huge in the 20th century. <laughs> As played out by the fact that they don't learn their lesson. They well, don't make a golden calf again later, but it's not like their grumbling stops and their misplaced uh, uh, thoughts uh, suddenly change. It's Well, yeah, and throughout the uh, Hebrew scriptures, false idols keep popping up. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and... Arguably through the New Testament, just they're not as obvious as a statuette buried under the front porch. There's one verse, though, that takes care of your concern. Mm. And it's, um, again, chapter and verse came long after this was written down. But it is the last verse of this chapter. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf. <laughs> I'm not going to so, kill you, but I am going to cover you in boils. You're going to suffer. <laughs> and Exodus is one of those books that has multiple authors, editors, contributors, proofreaders. And so it's quite possible that someone who didn't like that these guys were get, kind of getting away with something yeah. popped in this verse. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. God... In Exodus, lots of plagues. Here's another. Right. It, it's plausible. It's plausible. Yeah. Um, I mean. But it doesn't make sense. 
overall through this story. And then the following verses are about God sending the people, Moses leading them back, you know, back on track to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm still really struggling to get to that point. I mean, I, I suppose, to be fair, like I'm running through this in my yeah. mind, you know, actively right in the second. So uh, if it falls short of making sense, that's fair. Um, but I suppose as the Israelites, there's no indication, with the exception of the plague against the firstborn, there's no indication that it didn't affect them while they were in Egypt. So, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, the river turned to blood, the, 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 you know, the frogs and the locusts and all those, they're intermixed in, you know, within the, the nation. They're not, it's, it's not, there's no indication of like, oh, but there was a, you know, the cloud was over this part of, of Egypt. True. Uh, True. It didn't touch the, you know, the area where the, the, the Israelite slaves live. Um, but but there is there there is a good chance that they were in their own ghetto. Okay, yeah, but still, but still, it, all it, these plagues affect the whole the land. Whole, uh, yeah, the whole uh, and even if you didn't get frogs in your town or you're part of the you it, know it the city, disrupted the supply chain for sure. <laughs> so I suppose I'm sorry, there are too many frogs. <laughs> we cannot build your car. Right. So I do suppose that there would potentially still be a little bit of that resentment uh as like hey i yeah. i suffered through this too and then i got ripped from my home mm-hmm. and i don't i i can't link it up with building a golden calf because the egyptian gods did not save you so i i can't make that leap uh with with these but folks that, that, that but that's their sentiment. theological training true true okay the because they didn't have the Bible yet. Right. And even Moses was a neophyte to the one true God. Mm-hmm. Um, so what these people knew about how to express theology was, yeah, make yourself some gods. Yeah. And so they were doing what for generations their people had done. Right. Um, yeah, they uh, that's true. They had lived generations uh, in, in, in captivity. Yeah. So um, a lot of... And it, it, old practices would have yeah, largely been lost. They saw, in fact, they may have even been forced to make false gods yeah. for the Egyptians as part of their enslavement. Yeah. All right. Fine. 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 <laughs> I do have to remember, uh, as a reader, that we get the benefit of the whole Bible, uh, and the individ the individuals yeah. within the stories get either none of it or a portion, only a portion right. of it. Uh, so and with confusing editors. Yeah. 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 So. Um, still don't know as if I like, after all those experiences, I still would be fearing the one that uh, apparently is helping Moses out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. See, it's still the way this is written. It's not like, it's not like they made this calf and we're like, yeah, just in case we did this. We did this on your behalf. Right. (laughs) Thanks to that guy, the one that Moses is talking about, uh, and I'll, I'm learning more about him day and every day. This is still, it, this is like still praise to the ones that they're the gods that they're not are being told are false and right. did not help and clearly did not help. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, anyways, uh, the other thing I just want to add, if you do, if one does have time to read on, is. What what I've wondered about reading this story over and over through the years is why you know, God had warned Moses what he was going to encounter. So why was Moses so upset that he broke the, the Ten Commandments tablets? Mm-hmm. It seemed like that would have been a good exhibit to keep handy in terms of yeah. getting these people back. I believe there's one in there about no false idols. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... Well, and and there's there's an editorial reason, a theological reason why the writers wanted to get there mm-hmm. is to show that even the foundational teachings from God, you still need to have a relationship with God to fulfill them, to analyze them, to be able to have a commentary on them, live them out, because 
the the written down pieces themselves even are fleet fleeting mm-hmm. and delicate. Yeah. Um, I was, there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, I, I remember now. Um, yeah. As far as breaking the tablets. Yeah. The, the, the other thought that I have on that is, is that, yeah, Moses gets worked up and these are these to do's, these, these laws to live by, would help these people not make this mistake again. Yeah. Maybe in his anger, he was like, you know what? You know what? No, no. Maybe God was right. I'm now second guessing. Smash. Yeah. You don't get to read number four. Right. You don't get, you don't get to. I don't care. That's true. Which again. Good luck figuring out on your own. Yeah, and that's and that that's part of the beauty of the story. It is so human. Mm-hmm. It it's within the range of Monty Pythonism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's you know, what you know. It, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, mm-hmm. and still has that creativity and power and beauty to it. Um, that if we if we take the time to sit with it can really open our hearts because we're laughing a bit. We're angry a bit. It's like a great mini mini series in in one chapter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, um, if there's nothing else, let's move on to our Psalm reading for the day. Psalm 51 verses one through 10. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, plot out, sorry, Blot out my transgressions. A little different. A little different. Uh, don't don't plot them out. I don't need that. Uh, I can do that on my own. <laughs> right. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified in your sentence and blameless, blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God and put a new and right spirit within me. Um, Psalm 51, what do we, do we have any context for this Psalm, like a historical point of view, authorship, kind of. use? In the, in the, in Bibles, unlike in the Book of Common Prayer, where they're set up simply for liturgical use, in Bibles, it does have uh, introductory, verse prior to verse one to the leader a psalm of david when the prophet nathan came to him after he had gone to bathsheba okay however that is universally agreed to be added later gotcha so we don't know exactly when this was written it's it's past the time of king david so it's not Mm -hmm. a psalm written by david um, and it, it has a actually very nicely done poetic structure. Um, yet David is never mentioned in it. Mm-hmm. Sheba is never mentioned in it. Yeah. Um, so that problem. So that definitely was a later interpretation, mm-hmm. but also is helpful to draw one's mind into even one of the greatest heroes of God, one of the most faithful people to God, still needs forgiveness from God. Yeah. Yeah. Um is, what do we what about that forward though? Like a is that a historical uh, is that of historical uh, significance the, the prophet Nathan and and everything like a well, like we, what's going on if we go back to um I think it's in First Samuel, maybe it's in Second Samuel. The story of David, Nathaniel is the reoccurring character for both King Saul and King David. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who is repeatedly sent giving those leaders God's message and both repeatedly disregarded gotcha. and even directly contradicted. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nathaniel's one of the hero prophets because you know, whenever you go against the king, you're risking your life. And he does that with two kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also is, again, very readable, just kind of like the Exodus passage we just had. Reading that narrative, it, it's dramatic. It's um, literally full of action scenes, of mm. battles and things. Yeah. And Nathaniel's the, the divine commentary on what's going on. So to say that um, this would be the response to hearing the words of Nathaniel mm-hmm. helps people get in the mood for what this psalm is about. Gotcha. Okay. Um, There's a couple of theological concepts in here Mm -hmm. that are worth uh, pointing out and discussing. Uh, One is in verse five, um, being born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me, uh, an original sin theology. uh, Sort of. Sort of. What do you mean? Until St. Augustine came along um, in around the, roughly the year 200, um, after after Jesus, there was no concept of original sin anywhere in Christianity or Judaism. Okay, but but then what is this? Poetic exaggeration. Okay. That, okay. Um, I, you know, I'm such a slime bucket. I misbehave right. from the moment. I was of sinning in the womb, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> Carving my initials. Oh, wait. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay all right all right gotcha and yeah that and until saint augustine wrote about original sin no it, it had not occurred to anyone that that was a, a divine concept mm. so it wasn't like saint augustine gathered up oh there's this idea there's that idea within judaism christianity i'm mm-hmm. going to bring them together harmonize them and there we have original sin Instead, he was pulling from Greek philosophy and Roman teachings about how a person lives a good life and why a person fails at it, mm. rather than anything scriptural okay. or anything else. So then he went back, and as the years passed, other theologians went back looking for verses in the Bible to back it up. And yes, this is one they pulled. Okay. Okay. Uh, the verse prior to that also has kind of an interesting theological uh, uh, concept built into it, and it's easy to miss. Uh, and it's right there at the beginning part of uh, verse four. Against you, you alone have I sinned, which is an interesting way to phrase it because, uh, I mean, I as a reader think of like, oh, so you don't think you sin against other people? You yeah. only sin against God, but uh, I suppose it does depend on your view as to like, does that mean that this author uh, views sins against other people also as sins against not them individually, but against God, the creator? Well, and, and part of it is the actual definition of sin. Um, not well, well, I guess the point of this podcast is to get heavy. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. just say, not to get too heavy, but no, we're going to get heavy. Um, Bring the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that the Hebrew, this is the only time it occurs in this construct. Okay. Um, so there's a certain ambiguity there. But um, sin is not, particularly in the Hebrew scriptures, Sin is not bad actions. Mm. It's instead breaking the covenant or relation and or relationship with God. Oh, okay. Okay. So in theory, you could maintain your relationships with your family while ignoring God. Gotcha. You won't be as good at it. <laughs> right. Okay. But, so it's it's not, well, I murdered someone, but I didn't marry you, God, so I'm good. Right. It's instead, I'm ignoring you, God, but you're the only one I'm ignoring. Mm-hmm. So in some circumstances, people might say, 
good on you. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you're a good citizen still. Whereas the point of this is, even though it's only God and only God will notice, it's still bad. Right, right. Uh, and as a, and 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 as a result, the next verse. And I'm I'm a slug. I'm a worm. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm. You know, I was born guilty, a sinner, uh, and and uh, don't deserve anything that you you give me. Um, what? Well, let's let's uh, tackle verse seven though here too, because it also uses a word that I don't think brings imagery to mind for the modern reader. Purge me with hyssop. Oh. Actually, that's easy. Well, yeah, easily explained. But yeah. like, what? <laughs> that was um, what was used in water-based purification rituals. Okay. Okay. Is it a so it's like saying flower? Is it a branch? Like, what is this thing? What um, is hyssop? I just want to make sure I'm remembering it right. Um, Oh, shoot. Now I can't find it. Yeah, I think it's a branch. It is. I'm looking at it. It almost looks, they almost look like lavender stocks. Yeah. And I think it, yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I think it's, it's sort of, in terms of scent, it's sort of between sage and lavender. Okay. A small, bushy, aromatic plant of the mint family. Oh, okay. Um... Okay, so that makes so so interesting. So, like for water for purification processes, hyssop branches would give it. This is like the equivalent of like uh, infusing it with lime, le yeah. lemon, or something. And, yeah, or lavender. Uh, it would give it a. It would yeah. give it a a, a scent uh, and make it pleasing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And what's interesting to me, church nerd, is in Christianity. When we when we started to use similar rituals, we used um, sappy evergreens. Mm, so mm -hmm. it would have a, a piney refreshing or cedar um, scent to it because it was in Western Europe and hyssop didn't grow there. Hmm. But it was the same intent to have a scent to it so that you'd have multiple senses involved you'd see it you'd hear it you'd feel it you'd smell it yeah and that's god's grace yeah cool cool um the last thing that i have here is um it's a little uh, th this this psalm does a little bit of back and forth between like kind of its tonality at least for me uh um we talk about there about you know him being sinner and, and a sinner, and you're you're explaining that it's a, a, a poetic exaggeration to mm -hmm. to, and then it and then we have this, um, kind of more I don't know more of like a hippie <laughs> vibe to it. Uh, you desire truth in the inward being, man. Uh, teach therefore, therefore teach me my wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean. Wash me, I'll be whiter than snow. But then the next line goes, uh, let, let me hear joy and gladness. Okay, we're still there. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> the bones that you have crushed. I mean, that kind of like, kind of getting a little bit of whiplash here on the on on the the, the language and and vibe. Am, am I wrong, or is there is that just me putting an inflection into the reading? I was going to say, you're going right to the what, the Game of Thrones. Is. Yes, yes. Um, let us dance and be free and let the blood of our enemies. Like, it's just, it just feels mightily. Yeah, it's just kind of like, because uh, that's, that, you know, when you think about that phrase, it kind of makes you wince a little bit. Like, crushing bone is not imagery that you want to dwell on very long at all like just <laughs> yeah uncomfortable oh 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 i don't i don't like that i don't like the sound of that i don't like the visual of that no thank you i'm i am good uh yeah and this is a tough one for translators um that uh I mean, like, it's interesting that the New Revised Standard used the term crush. Others just say broken. 
<laughs> the next version will say pulverized <laughs> into a fine powder. Yeah, and us progressive would say you bruised. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bone bruise. Uh, but again, it's poetry. It's um, you know lyrics to a rock song. It's. Not okay. supposed to be yeah, um, yeah. a literal description of how God operates, but to your point, this isn't theology, theology basing uh, that kind of stuff. This is, this is praise and worship and prayer and, and poems. Wake and, you up and, and yeah, it worked. You know, obviously in this case it's working. Yeah. Um, oh, wait a minute, I got that, that in the caffeine. Look at that. You know, that and the caffeine's hitting at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You know, the good news here is that that which God had destroyed now is, or at least bruised, is now mm -hmm. rejoicing. Mm -hmm. So it depends where you put the emphasis as you're interpreting it. Um, and certainly a lot of people back when the Psalms were written would have much more easily uh, embraced or believed that a God had broken things, then given reason for humans to rejoice, since most gods were mm. to be um, avoided at all costs unless you were trying to bribe them to make your crops better. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Also, one other thing sure. about this psalm is that there are some interpreters that say this was a psalm of the priestly caste okay. working in the temple. And mm. so... This could be more of a reference to the, the the literal sacrifices of oxen that were made, and therefore bones broken. Oh, and that would make sense with that you're yeah. talking about hyssop and the yeah. water purification part. So that like this, one could imagine this is you know being said during moments that part of the ceremony. Okay, I, I can yeah. I can kind of see that. Or pre prepping for it to give the right, right. the liturgical leaders some humility. Gotcha. Okay. That even though I'm getting to wear the great robes and do all these amazing, cool Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff, type stuff, I'm just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, let's move to our gospel reading for the day. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 10. We're doing a 1 through 10 kind of a vibe today, apparently. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that reads, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep that found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Uh, we've talked many times about parables um, and uh, trying to to use your, your words for the last reading, wake you up. Yeah. Uh, this is no different because especially at least for me, the first parable. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I would do. If you have 99 sheep, uh, right. who, who are vulnerable fluff balls and dumb as rocks who would fall over a cliff in a heartbeat, uh, you don't leave them right. to go find one. You're like, well, that sucks. <laughs> But you know what? 99% success rate if I stay here. I'll use my little shepherd's right. horn to call it, but otherwise, right. good luck. And no chance do I pick it up and put it over my, you know, yeah. my shoulder or call my neighbors and be like, I got my sheep. <laughs> Chuck, I didn't. I, I super don't care. <laughs> I got I got other things going on in my life. You know what I mean? Like, great, glad, glad happy for you. I'm not coming over and... 
Yeah, well, are I, we going to eat it now? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or not? Then for, is, Lan- is, is, is the sheep on dinner? Yeah. For dinner? Um, but the line that, that is brought in at the end uh, does make sense, right? I mean, because would there be more joy well and, and maybe maybe it doesn't maybe maybe it, maybe it also <laughs> should uh be jarring but i suppose again a reader who has the benefit of the entire bible yeah that makes sense to me that there'd be more joy in heaven over uh one who has been lost and is now found than 99 people who were already there you know that makes some sense to me but or is that my post baptist revival sense exactly okay <laughs> <laughs> because um I mean, this one this is one where you go back to psalm 51 and it's like we're doing all the right sacrifices right we're working hard at this so we really do deserve a better seat mm. and mm. you know if if you're if you're as dumb as a rock, do we even want you in heaven? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it. Yeah. Um, the the second parable. Um, what what is the what's what's the uh, uh, crazy thing about the second parable? What what should stand out to us? Because like it makes more sense to me. Like yeah, if a woman loses uh, ten silver coins, that's not nothing that's 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 a pretty decent chunk of change right and if you lose 10 percent of it yeah i'd be lighting a lamp and i'd be looking for it and um uh hey yeah i i, I don't know about the last part of like I, i'm not going to admit to people that i seem to lose money uh, right uh, so i suppose that's the part that uh, a part that stands out but her actions uh i would be uh, uh probably you know Telling my neighbor, like, oh, my gosh, I had 10 silver coins and I lost one the other night and I looked for hours. Finally found it. Oh, my gosh. Praise be to God. <laughs> and, uh, where do you keep these 10 coins? <laughs> that, that's the parable piece. Oh, okay. Is, you know, if, because, you know, people didn't have locks of sure. any kind, let alone on their doors. So 10 silver is a lot. A lot. That's, like, 10 weeks it, depending, we aren't quite sure. Some say it's ten weeks worth of wages. Mm-hmm. Some say ten days. Some say there's ten a, months. There's there's a big difference between all three of those, Bruce. But all of them are a lot of money. Okay, okay. That that and that's the point. I mean, because it is a story. We Jesus should be a little bit closer than, <laughs> than that. Let's just say any of them are worth stealing. a day, a week, and a month are not near the same. <laughs> Uh, so we should be a little bit closer on like, uh, Hey, how much money was this at yeah. that time? A bootload, a bootload. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Um, and yeah, so people would say, if, if I had 10 drachmas, I wouldn't tell a soul. Yeah. And this woman's going around telling her neighbors who will know when she's at the market or the house is otherwise yeah. unattended. So that, because part of what... Or tell her friends who are like, hey, how about you let me a little bit yeah, of that. Yeah, and that's the other dimension. Give me some yeah. of that scratch. Yeah. <laughs> and so, because you know, Jesus is responding to the folks saying, why are you eating with tax collectors and sinners? Mm-hmm. Um, so this was to reinforce the amount of crazy, unexpected rejoicing going on in heaven. Mm. Um, I do have a question, uh, a translation question here. Okay. Uh, in verse two, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Fellow is a very English word. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like very English. What's the actual word? Because I, I imagine this is, that is very much a translated word. Yeah. Hello, fellow. <laughs> in fact, I'm not even entirely sure what the definition of fellow, uh, would be because it's just, it's. It's more just a well. This guy, <laughs> okay. The, going into the down the the grammar hole. Yes. Um, please. It is a demonstrative pronoun. Okay. So okay. So this to, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but it still has to be a, a reference to a human. 
Okay. Okay. So it, you know, this dude is e- okay. That to date myself. Yeah. You know, this dude is doing that. Right. Or this bro is doing that. <laughs> um, you know, whatever your generation, whatever, <laughs> whatever your thing is, and it could be used for a person or an object. Uh, okay. So this thingamajig. Do you want to do? You, uh, I, I could be wrong in this because I'm uh, probably too old to know. But the the new. So the new uh, word would be uh, in this instance, then uh, this, this Timmy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if the opposite is called the Chad. Right. And then Timmy is the, the little like, Oh, you're this, this little Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. It's All a- you younger kids uh, feel free to at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. And thanks for listening to Old man podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's interesting. I would not have looked that up. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Um, so, okay, all right. And yeah, this this continues kind of the, the the story arc in Luke of the Pharisees and the church leaders um, taking issue with the way that Jesus is approaching his ministry. Yeah, and context for that, in part, is that was very legitimate in Jewish culture then and now of whoever whoever is considered the teacher in the group is questioned. Mm-hmm. It's not you sit back and listen and take notes and hope you remember it for the final. It's instead you engage in questioning um, in order to go deeper. Mm, so okay. this is not disrespectful. This, in fact, is treating him as a top rabbi. Something about that doesn't feel right, though, because the verse says they were grumbling. Yeah. Is, is that maybe I just don't go to synagogue enough? Uh, <laughs> is that is that like uh, an acceptable vibe of like, hey, uh, teacher, I'm not really happy with yeah. what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> so I have questions. <laughs> um, OK, so I got I'm looking up that word. <laughs> it could be. just Yeah, because it could. A better translation. Once again, I'm going to second guess the new revised standard would be murmur. Oh, okay. So it's not quite as, it's not quite as direct. You know, there are no swear words. Right. It's right. Right. More like, you know, what I'd like to say is right. <laughs> which, which is interesting then, because then the narrative is like, Jesus, Jesus seems to have like, he, he is a superhero <laughs> and his superpower is do- like hearing. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm sorry. What was that? Hasmodeus, would you, did you have something to say? Mm-hmm. How about I tell you a story there, Hasmodeus? <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, here, did he uh, hear me? <laughs> again. This is this is one of the benefits of the teacher being in the round. Like, I hear yeah. everything. <laughs> and um, what, Okay, though, the actual Greek word it, it imitates the sound of, this is a quote, cooing doves and humming bees. So it's like, is the huh. Greek word. Um, so it's not necessarily even unpleasant, mm-hmm. but it is this undertone. Gotcha. So it's different than a harumph. Yes. Gotcha. Definitely different from a harumph. He didn't get a harumph out and, of that guy. And there's no snort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raspberries could be heard. Certainly not any giggles. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and... and uh, uh, and of course, it only occurs twice in Luke. Okay. And nowhere okay. else in the Bible. Interesting. But it's Greek, so we we have a lot more sources for Greek than we do Hebrew about what the words about are. the word how the words line up. Um, yeah. Um, it it is odd though because especially when paired with the Psalm reading, I mean, even that author was talking about how they're a sinner, and so like, so what? Yeah, it, and part of what. You know, Jesus. I mean, is that is that kind of Jesus's point? Like, hey, man, so what? Yeah, that is. Yeah, and <laughs> they're and sinners. You know what I'm gonna hear? They're, they're not making golden calves here, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because one of the things that we as Christians always have to remember is Jesus doesn't teach anything new. Right. He keeps trying to bring back, yeah, the particularly the scholars among the listeners to what they already know. Right. 
And right. this is an, he does this with three parables. The third one being the um, prodigal son. Prodigal son. So yeah. we had that in the summer. We won't have it again um, soon. And each one of these builds on the idea of celebrating over people who were lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and just so that it's uh, referenced again, again, tax collectors, not because uh, taxes are evil. Uh, but because mm-hmm. they represent the Roman occupation, they're they're willing participants with the occupying yeah. government. They're collaborators, and they're getting wealthy by being collaborators. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it kind of an assumption that there's uh maybe some skimming off the top or totally an assumption um, on the part of the Romans that that's how yeah they get people to do this job is they can swindle their own people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and so even their own people presume that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah, because that, and which makes like the, the, the argument, Jesus' overall argument, uh, so much more understandable, which is like, yeah. I'm sorry, do you not want the tax collectors to change their habits? Right. Do you not want the sinners to like get better, get, get the message and, and yeah, better themselves? Like, I want you to think about what it, that, well, maybe that's really the point. I want you to think about what it is that you're unhappy about mm-hmm, and exactly. why. Because that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It mean not to do this. And it, boy, do we as Christians need to learn this and relearn this and relearn this. Yeah, we I have know. such a love of banishing and right. Uh, so much, so much folks. so that I, I wouldn't even use the word learn. Yeah. Because that implies permanence. Yeah. Uh, it, this yeah. is one of those things that we have to constantly remind ourselves because the the, the nature is. To write off. Yeah. The nature is to self-protect by just focusing on on us and being like, well, mm-hmm. you know, that person built that calf. God's wrath is God's wrath. Not yep. my problem. See ya. Um, right. Exactly. Uh, and and it is it is a constant reminder that which is why reading uh, the Bible does help because it's that constant reminder of like, hey, that first instinct that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. The one thing you can learn is to question it. Right. And to second guess yourself because you're always going to have that as your first instinct. Mm-hmm. That's just the way we're built. And uh, learning to go, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. That's a little harsh or that, right. yeah, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Or yeah, that doesn't, you know, even in some, some instances thinking further on down the road of like, yeah, that actually wouldn't be good for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah work work against ourselves as mm-hmm. the first reading <laughs> yeah if they would have but thought for a moment <laughs> well one of the great example well there's so many different utopian communities in christian history that dissolve over these very issues mm. where they think they've gathered the pure and suddenly they start being human beings and so so and so is kicked out and so and so is kicked out right. and eventually they literally run out of people in the um, utopian community dies off. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the funny things about New Harmony in Indiana is how many different utopian communities use that same property and failed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And will always fail. Yeah. Because guess what? I I, I don't know if this is a spoiler for anybody listening to this podcast, but uh, you're not perfect. Right. (laughs) Just so you know. And this is not a perfect person telling you this. This is a very imperfect person telling you this. You're not perfect, and it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you're On your best day, you're a gold coin stuck in a crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, or a nec- silver, or a silver, yeah. and maybe you'll oh, yeah. get found. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. necessarily have to be a dumb as rock sheep, but... You don't get to be much more than the silver. I mean, the coin. sheep, the, the being a sheep really does speak to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel the sheep vibe that, mm. that, that is, that is me for sure. Right. Uh, so um, anything else? One last thing yes. is Matthew has this um, same parable about the sheep, but does not have the one about the coin that only occurs in Luke. And it's a, an example of Luke seeking out, Stories where a woman is the primary character whenever mm. there's a story, fiction or nonfiction, of a man who's the primary character. Gotcha. Over and over he pairs them. Here's a prime example. Interesting. 
Well, with that, uh, we will call to a close this year podcast for September 11th, 2022, the uh, 14th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 19. Very proper. Very proper. Very proper. Year C. Uh, and year C. Uh, and uh, we invite you to join us in worship on Sunday. However you see fit, however it works for your schedule, uh, 10 o'clock service uh, will be uh, broadcast online at HFEC videos. Visit our website, uh, uh, holyfamilyfishers.org, to see everything going on. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.